Oh, come on, let's give God some praise. Do you feel that power? Holy Ghost power. You didn't walk into another religious organization. You walked into a place where the heaven meets earth, where the power of God flows. Why don't you give God a great praise? Somebody shout and give God a great praise. He's still moving. He's still working. He's still filling people. He's still baptizing people. Somebody clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen. So thankful to be here. I'm thankful that we get to experience the Holy Ghost every single service around here. Amen. To all of our guests and our visitors, we are so grateful that you have taking time out on your Sunday to come and worship with us. Amen. Let's give them a big ARC welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. You stumbled into a Pentecostal church here today. Amen. A Pentecostal church that believes that God's power is still moving. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, that is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. So, the fifth book of the New Testament. And we also want to encourage you, as was already announced, come out to Mills Park tomorrow and celebrate Memorial Day. We're going uh, to remember those that have fallen and for our freedom, and uh, we're going to take that time, and, and uh, we're going to... Enjoy the freedoms that have been bought at a high price, and uh, we are going to gather together, and it's going to be a great time. Join with us. We're going to have hamburger, hot dogs, and also anything else. There's a potluck sign-up sheet. Anything else you want to bring, your special dish, it'll be a great time. And then Wednesday night, we're going to continue our Search for Truth Bible study, where we go uh, through the scriptures all the way from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, and uh, we are at about less than four or five, and so it's going to be a great time if you want to come and learn more about God. We encourage you to come to that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord declares, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I like how the ESV puts it. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived. When Pentecost arrived... Amen. The Bible says in verse 2, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all. Everybody in the room received the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How do we know they received the Holy Ghost? Well, let's continue the verse. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Another way to put that is they began to speak in a language they did not know. That was how they knew that they had received the Holy Ghost. Skipping down to verse number 12. 
between verses 4 and 12, it lists out all of the people that were there, devout Jews from every nation under heaven. And so this, and I'm going to talk about this today, they were all coming for the Feast of Pentecost. But when they saw what was going on in the upper room, and uh, the people praising God, and the Spirit of God being poured out, verse 12 says they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? What is going on? Amen. For some folks, you just visiting for the first time today, you see people jumping and shouting. You might have had that same question. Amen. I know 21 years ago when I walked into church, I thought, man, what is this? You know, I, all I knew of church was what I saw in the movies. But I want to tell you, the movies are not going to declare what, uh, what real church is. Amen. The Bible will show what real church is. And I remember wondering, what is this? And, the, and then there's the next part. Others were mocking. You know, there's always different types that come to church. Amen. Others were mocking, and they said, these men are full of new wine. You know what he was saying? They were saying, these guys must be drunk. Only drunk people act like that. Well, you just haven't received the Spirit yet. Because when this Holy Ghost gets on you, it changes everything. Can I get an amen out there? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These are not drunken as you suppose. This is not somebody that's had too much alcohol. People aren't dancing because they're on a dance floor at a bar somewhere. Amen. He said this is not because people are at a normal party where people are getting drunk. He says this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This scripture that had been written thousands of years before this moment was prophesying that one day God was going to give us his spirit. And Peter says, this isn't people getting drunk. This is people receiving the Spirit of God. Skipping down to verse 37, Peter preached to them to Jesus Christ and the gospel. And then they asked some questions. When they heard this, they were pricked. They were convicted in their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We understand that we've crucified Jesus. We've crucified our Messiah. We comprehend the gravity of this situation. Now, what do we have to do to be saved? That's a question everyone in this building should be asking. Not, where should I go to college? Not, uh, where should I invest my money? Not, where, where should I retire? What state should I move to? The question everybody needs to ask because, amen, the Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Everybody in this building, I want you to know something about life. Nobody gets out of life. And so the question is, in the short years I have on this earth, what must I do to be saved? Because when we die, eventually we all will die. Where are you going to go when you die? What are we going to do to be saved? And the Bible declares this in verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent. That means to turn from your sin and towards God. It means to change. Amen. God gives us the ability to change. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, the washing away of sins. 
This is why we've got a baptismal tank in the back. We're getting ready uh, to baptize at least one today. And maybe you're here today and you have not been baptized. Today's your day. Amen. Today's your day. We put you all the way under the water. And your old life, the Bible says, is buried with Jesus Christ. But we don't leave you under that water. We pull you up out of that water. And the Bible says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. In other words, this promise is for you, it's for your kids, it's for everybody. Amen. And I want to I preach to us for a few moments on this subject. When Pentecost arrives. When Pentecost arrives, would you set down your Bibles and would you pray with me? I believe that God's got a word for every person in this building. Amen. You, you may not even uh, re realize what you walked into, but I want to tell you, you walked into a place where God can completely change your life. Uh, and God, I'm praying that as I minister this, that you would speak to our hearts and speak to our minds, God, and compel us to do what your word says. I believe that today somebody's going to repent of their sins for the first time. I believe that somebody's going to make a decision to be baptized in water and have all their sins washed away. And I believe with all my heart before this service is through, you're going to fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost where they can have power to overcome in their life. In Jesus' name, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. When Pentecost arrives, most people, whether you are religious or not, whether you grew up in church or you came from a drug home like me, not going to church at all, not knowing anything about God. No doubt you have heard of several biblical holidays in just throughout your life. Biblical holidays like Passover or one that's probably more famous in this room, Easter. Now, I used to think Easter was about bunnies and it was about eggs. I don't know how eggs came from bunny. I don't understand all that, but uh, I mean, it wasn't until... Uh, I got saved. I started to understand a little bit more of what it was actually about. Passover is celebrated by both Jews and Christians. We just celebrate it a little differently. The Jewish celebration focuses on the Old Testament death of the Lamb that spared the lives of all those firstborns in Egypt. When God passed over and when the angel of the death passed through the land and he saw the blood of the Lamb over the doorpost, Death did not enter that home. Amen. That was what happened in Egypt. But the Christian celebration of Passover, what we deem Good Friday, focuses on the death of Jesus on Calvary, where Jesus, being the Lamb of God, spares the life of every individual that puts their faith in Him. Amen. That when death comes near your door, it sees the blood of Jesus applied, and it just keeps on going. I thank God for the fact that Jesus died for us, was buried for us. But I thank God, amen, that he did not stay in that tomb, but he rose again on the third day. Easter is probably the most commonly celebrated biblical holiday. It is a time when churches all across this nation and all across the world fill up as we celebrate the day that Jesus rose again from the dead. 
These are all powerful moments in the Bible, and they should be celebrated. However, when you mention the word Pentecost, most people scratch their heads. I, I dare you to find people, like five people out there and have them spell Pentecost. And uh, you say Pentecost, and it just goes over people's head. Uh, Pentecost, what is that? What is Pentecost? Amen. Maybe you came to church today and you, uh, you recognize because somebody lets you know, and that, even as I said it earlier, you have entered a Pentecostal church. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a Pentecostal church? I'm going to talk about that a little bit here today. The Feast of Pentecost, as we study the Bible, is one of three great pilgrimage feasts that God demanded of the Jewish people in Deuteronomy 16 and 16. You have the Feast of Passover, which I've already talked about a little bit. You have Pentecost, and then you have the Feast of Tabernacles. In each of these circumstances, people would have to travel, no matter how far away they moved away from Jerusalem. They would have to travel into Jerusalem to celebrate these holidays. Pentecost is described to us in Leviticus chapter 23. It was primarily an agricultural festival. It celebrated the end of barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. Amen. It was a celebration of harvest. However, if we study the Bible and very early on in Jewish history, you can see that it takes on an even greater significance. The timing of the Feast of Pentecost, Penta, which uh, is Greek for 50, simply means 50 days. 50 days after Passover, you were to celebrate Pentecost. Today, we are here thousands of years later from the institution of Pentecost, and we are celebrating the day of Pentecost today. Amen. The timing of the first Feast of Pentecost coincides with the the great event of God giving his law on, on Mount Sinai to Moses. The Exodus account of Pentecost is celebrates the occasion where God reveals himself to his people and he makes a covenant with them by giving them his written law. But on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, what I just read to you, Amen. Is when the Holy Ghost filled the room and it filled the building and it filled everyone that was in the room and everybody that was in the building. And they knew they'd been filled by the presence of God because the Bible says they began to speak in other tongues. They began to speak in another language. I'm going to take a pause right here. Amen. I want to tell you, you and I, we, are, we have got the possibility because of Pentecost to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the Almighty God dwelling and living on the inside of you and I. But the question is, how do I know I've received the Holy Ghost? Is it because I'm a good person that went to church a couple times? No. Is it because I shook the preacher's hand? No. Is it because I went to Sunday school one or two times? No. The biblical way you know you receive the Holy Ghost and it's an evidence to everybody, whether you know one scripture or not, whether you believe or not, uh, even the way you know you got the Holy Ghost uh, is when God takes over. And as you begin to praise the Lord, you begin to speak in a language you were not taught. You begin to speak in a language you didn't know. Is there anybody that will testify and say, when I got the Holy Ghost, look around this room. 
I began to speak in other tongues as God began to move on me. Amen. And so God filled them as they, and they knew because they began to speak in other tongues. Amen. I'll talk about my own experience here in a little bit. Uh, but that same day that the Jewish people were celebrating God giving his law on tablets of stone, God saw it fit to pour out his spirit into the hearts of man and write his laws upon our hearts. No longer a, a, a hardened religion, but now it is an opportunity at a relationship with God. I want to tell you, the greatest gift that you'll ever receive is, is the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is where God doesn't just, he's not just God above you anymore. And he's not just God watching over you. And he's not just God walking alongside you. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, it is Christ in us. It's now God living on the inside of you. And everywhere you go, whether you're at church or not, amen, the Holy Ghost is inside you. And he's moving with you. And he's speaking. This is what Jesus meant when he said, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you even to the end of the age. What was he saying? When I fill you with my spirit, it doesn't matter where you go. I'll be with you because I'll be inside. God had planned thousands of years prior to Acts chapter 2 that at this feast, at this party, you know, Pentecost is meant to be a party. Amen. I know a lot of folks, amen, all across uh, the religious spectrum that go to church and they look like they sucked on a lemon for six months. I want to tell you, when you come into Pentecost, it's a celebration. Why are you guys jumping? Why are you guys shouting? Why are you guys dancing? I'll tell you why. We got a party. We've got a reason to celebrate. Our God's not just a figment of our imagination. He lives inside of us. So God had declared that thousands of years prior that, that at the time of Pentecost there would be a time of gathering and celebration. He set it up so that when the Jewish representatives uh, that, that had moved away from Jerusalem, and you read Acts chapter 2, that's your homework. Amen. You can go back and look at it later. That there were Cretes, there were Arabians, there were Egyptians, there were people from all over the known world. They were Jewish by birth, but because of this pilgrimage, they had all come into Jerusalem. See, they, they didn't realize this thousands of years ago, but God had planned that when he went to birth his church, he wanted representatives of every nation. Can I just tell you about the church of the living God? The church of the living God is not a white religion. It, this ain't a white church. This isn't a black church. This isn't a Spanish church. This is... This ain't a Middle Eastern church. I want to tell you, God's church is, is made up of people from all walks of life. The God's church is made up of people from every continent. Listen, our world, they're struggling right now. They're struggling. They, 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 have, they, have, they have race wars, and they're saying, man, this race against this race and this ethnicity against this ethnicity. I want to tell you, that's not the case in the church. You just look around this building, and you find all walks of life from Carson City and the surrounding areas. And as God brings revival and grows this church, you're going to see people that have a different native language, and you're going to see more people coming into the church because the church of the living God is for all people. So he set it up that when, when he finally had this day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 day of Pentecost, that people would come from all over the known world 
and they too would receive the Holy Ghost. And the goal was not for them just to receive the Holy Ghost and stay in Jerusalem, but they were supposed to go back to Egypt. They were supposed to go back to Mesopotamia. They were supposed to go back to their homeland uh, so they could share with their people, amen, that this thing's available to you as well. I want you to think about it for a moment. The first day of Pentecost in the book of Acts that we read about, that we read about today, the day of Pentecost, the first day of Pentecost in the New Testament, started in an upper room in Jerusalem, Israel. And you and I are here today celebrating Pentecost, uh, being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, just like they did in Acts chapter 2, all the way in North America, in Carson City, Nevada. Amen. You can't get further removed, uh, but his promise still stands. Uh, It's available to you, to your children, to all. I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost is available to you. The Spirit of God is available to your family. It's available to your kids. It's available today. God used this moment to birth his church. You know, some people have a question, when does the New Testament start? It actually doesn't start in the book of Matthew. It doesn't start in the book of Matthew. I can tell you why later, but it actually starts in the book of Acts. That's where the New Testament church started. That's where he starts and he writes a new law. Today is the birthday of the church. Amen. This church is over 2,000 years old. I know you can't tell by looking at the walls, but this this church, this people, is over 2,000 years old. It was on the day of Pentecost that God chose to pour out his spirit and to indwell mankind. That is why we call ourselves a Pentecostal church. Because we go all the way back to the book of Acts chapter 2, to the birth of the church and the experience they had in that upper room with just 120 and eventually spilled out into the streets with 3,000 receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues, uh, repenting of their sins and being baptized in Jesus' name. You're looking at a group of people here today that have had that exact experience. Uh, Amen. 2,000 plus years removed. uh, But there are people in this building from all walks of life uh, that had the same experience Peter had in the book of Acts chapter 2 that had the same experience that the apostles had. Now, when we say we're a Pentecostal church, we're not just referring to a historical moment for the church. Amen. You see, uh, I just explained to you historical Pentecost. Biblical Pentecost. And people might be here today scratching their heads say, what's such a big deal about a feast? What's such a big deal about people praying in a room? Amen. I want to tell you, we were able to talk about all those historical events. But I want to tell you right now, there's not anybody in this building that can explain Pentecost to you now. I'm going to explain that in a moment. Ever since the moment of Pentecost, it took on a new meaning. It's no longer just a festival. It's no longer just a holiday. Pentecost is more than facts, and it's more than history. I want to just say this. 
Pentecost cannot be understood intellectually. You can't get Pentecost from just reading a book. You can't reason Pentecost. You can't go to the greatest seminary. You can't study Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic and understand Pentecost now. I'll tell you why. Because ever since Acts chapter 2, Pentecost is no longer a feast. It's no longer a festival. It's no longer just a day on a calendar. I want to tell you, Pentecost is something that you must experience for yourself. I want to tell you, Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came on us, was the greatest experience. We got some people in this building that could testify. It's better than drugs. It's better than alcohol. It's better than any, it's better than any other pursuit. And we can tell you that, and we can tell you that, and we can tell you that. But, honey, you got to get in and experience it for yourself. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Now, I can give you, and I've tried to give you all these facts and biblical historical understandings, and I can send you home saying, man, we went to church and we learned something new. But that's not my mission. Amen. I want you to understand that before Pentecost arrived, Jesus had died, been buried, rose again, and ascended up into heaven. Before Pentecost, the only idea of God we had was God above us. And then when Jesus showed up, they had Emmanuel, God with them. God was always at a little bit of a distance or at a great distance. Think about this. Amen. In the garden, all the way in Genesis chapter 3, God walked with man in the cool of the day. We have not been able to get back to that closeness with God ever since mankind sinned. And the intention of Jesus, amen, some people think, well, Jesus died and, and all he did was to die to forgive me of my sins. I want to tell you, that was just the start. Let me say that again. Jesus dying for your sins was just the start. That was just the beginning. Because God, he never desired just to forgive you of sins. The only reason he forgave you of sins is so he can remove that thing that was standing between you and him having a close relationship. Amen. I want to tell you, anytime we sin, we are putting ourselves at a distance from God. Every time we make mistakes, we are putting ourselves at a distance from God. And God, in his greatness and in his holiness, uh, didn't like that separation. Uh, so God took upon the form of a man, uh, and he came down just like you and me. Uh, amen. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, but he didn't just do that uh, so he could set up a kingdom here on earth. Uh, amen. And put on a, a throne and a crown. Uh, no. Jesus went the other the route. He let them beat him and whip him and crucify him. They let He let them kill him and bury him. But he got up on the third day and rose out of that grave. But he didn't stop there because that was all happening before Pentecost. And after teaching for 40 days, he ascended up into heaven. And you got to think about this from the apostle standpoint. They've seen Jesus heal blind eyes. They've seen Jesus raise the dead. They finally thought, here we go. Finally, we're about to get those miracles the Bible talks about. We're about to finally have the kingdom of God set up here on earth. Uh, and now they watch as they stand up on the mountain. Jesus ascending into heaven. And they, they start thinking, oh my goodness, uh, uh, what's going to happen? Our Messiah's gone. Jesus has left. 
I want you to think about what happened before Pentecost. Uh, before Pentecost, their Messiah has left. Uh, amen. They, there's some folks that stood there, 500, standing there gazing into heaven. And they think to themselves, our best days are behind us because Jesus is gone. Well, we had some closeness with God for just a, a couple years, and now he's gone. I want you to think about the mentality of the people. They are empty and they are hopeless before Pentecost. Jesus is gone. And here we are cramped up in an upper room, 120 of us. But Jesus told us we had to wait in Jerusalem until we received power. But it's, it's, day, it's day nine and a half. We haven't reached Pentecost yet. And we don't feel the power yet. And Jesus is gone. And we feel like we're still at a distance from God. I, I want to tell you that, that just like they felt, there are people in this building that before you experience Pentecost, and there's a lot of people in this building that can testify that before we ever came to the Pentecostal church and had had this Pentecostal experience, we felt empty. We felt hopeless. Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord? I want to just tell everybody in the building, don't let the suit and tie fool you. There are people in this building that come from all mess of life and walks of life. There are people in this building that I would hand out the mic. They tell you that before Pentecost, they were addicted to drugs. Before Pentecost, they were addicted to pornography. That Before Pentecost, amen, they were always shacking up, going here and going there. There's people that before Pentecost can testify and say, I was depressed and suicidal. Anybody got a testimony of what your life was like before Jesus, before he stepped in? Hopeless, empty, no point, no purpose. That's before Pentecost. Amen. I am preaching to you today not as somebody that, that tells somebody else's story. At the age of 13 years old, I, I, I grew up in a drug home. My parents, uh, home, we've been homeless multiple times. Uh, my parents, uh, would, 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 drug dealers were at the house, cops were at the house, domestic violence, all of those different things. I'm not preaching somewhere I haven't lived. I remember that, that my life was such a wreck and such a mess that I, I was so depressed, I thought if this is all there is to life, I want out. I know I'm preaching to somebody right now. I put a knife to my wrist and said, I'm done with this whole world. At 13, listen, there's some people here today that are dealing with some real problems. Mm, hallelujah, I could preach on that. Dealing with some real stuff. Uh, I know we like to put on a mask and a smile and praise the Lord. And, and we come to church and, and, and maybe this is your first time in church and you want to put on the be your best foot forward. Amen. But I want to tell you there's nothing wrong with coming from a broken life. There's nothing wrong with coming from a broken background uh, and coming to church. I'll tell you what will happen. Amen. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, but God will not leave you in the condition in which he found you. Drug dealers at the house, uh, dad going in and out of jail, abuse, all sorts of things. I won't go bore you into the details, but that was my life before Pentecost. Depressed and suicidal, no hope in this world. That was my life before Pentecost. And I'll never forget the day that somebody brought me to church with them. Listen, I, you you don't you won't you wouldn't recognize me, Amen. I thank God for what He's done in my life. I'm preaching to you today because I had an experience with God that forever changed my life. 
I'll never forget the first time I walked into Cornerstone Pentecostal Church in Spokane, Washington, and people were shouting, and people were jumping just like you saw today, and people were praising the Lord. I thought everybody must be drunk or lost their mind, but what I didn't realize is they had a life before Pentecost, and they're celebrating a life after. I wish somebody would shout and give God praise. Testify with your praise. My life was wrecked before Pentecost, but after that Holy Ghost experience, he changed me. He saved me. Somebody give him praise. I walked into that church, and I thought, man, these people are crazy. So if you think that I'm crazy, you're in good company here today. I thought these people are nuts. I thought these people lost their mind. Little did I know the truth was these people finally got their mind right. These people finally got something going on in their life. And, uh, and, and I remember what it is to feel hopeless before I walked into church, but I walked into church depressed and suicidal. In fact, I, I, they kind of had to bribe me to go to church. They said, if, you, if you, you come, we'll let you stay the weekend with us. I said, man, i got to get out of this crazy home life. I'll go with you. Hey, let me tell you, we'll do anything to win people to God. We'll feed you, we'll feed you hamburgers and hot dogs. We'll get you powdered donuts. We'll do whatever, just as long as we can get you in church. Because when you get this experience, it'll change your life forever. And I walked into church, and people that had had a before Pentecost life uh, that now have an after Pentecost experience, uh, they were worshiping God with liberty. Uh, and when I walked in the building, I started feeling something. See, while I'm preaching and while they were singing, you were feeling something, and you didn't know what it was. Uh, amen. You, were, you, you know, there's some folks you don't know what you're feeling. I want to tell you what you're feeling. You're feeling that Pentecostal experience. You're feeling that good old Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And as that preacher began to preach, I thought, this man lost his mind. And he began to preach and sweat bullets. But as he began to preach, I felt those burdens in my heart begin to lift off. I felt... I felt depression go. I felt suicidal thoughts go. For the first time in my life, I felt hope begin to enter. I wish somebody give him praise. Because when Pentecost arrives, it doesn't matter how you showed up. You're not leaving the way you showed up. You can show up depressed, but when Pentecost arrives in your life, you're going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can show up your life a mess, but when you get the Holy Ghost, God will put your life back together. Somebody give him praise. See, Pentecost is no longer a day on the calendar. It is an encounter with the Holy Ghost. It is an encounter with the love of God uh, in a concentrated form uh, that you can't get anywhere else. You see, before Pentecost, uh, Peter was just a cussing fisherman. Everybody looks sanctified for just a moment. You know, just act like you've always been all right. Amen. Don't let, the, don't let the folk fool you. We all have a B.C. You know what that means? Before Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. The church is a hospital for the, for the hurting. The church is a place where you go and God will help you get better. The church is a place of recovery. He was just a cussing fisherman before he had a Pentecostal experience and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. 
But by the time he was done, he was preaching Pentecost. I want to tell you, God will take you from, from the gutters, and God will put you into high places. Amen. God will take you out of out of depression, and he'll put you in a place of joy and happiness you never thought you could have. If you'd have told me 21 years ago I'd be as happy as I am now, I probably would have cussed you out. But I want to tell you, after I had a Holy Ghost experience and God turned my life around, I'm here to preach to you. It's available for your family as well. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Let's take a couple moments and thank him for the Holy Ghost and thank him for the joy and thank him for the peace and thank you. Pentecost is not just another denomination. You can categorize this that way if you want. That's fine. It's not just another social gathering or club. Pentecost is just like it was in Acts chapter 2 when the wind of God fills the room and then fills the people. Pentecost is when the fire of God falls from heaven and baptizes everyone in the room with his spirit. Pentecost is not God just watching over you. It's not God just walking alongside you. Pentecost is when you receive the Holy Ghost and God dwells inside. Pentecost is the restoration of relationship where God's no longer at a distance, but God says, I'll go with you everywhere you go. I'll go with you through your dark times. I'll go with you through your good times. I'll go with you to church. I'll go with you to Walmart. God's spirit inside. Somebody give him praise. Somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for those that you're going to fill with the Holy Ghost today. Pentecost and the power of the Holy Ghost that was poured out on Pentecost will take the most vile person and turn them into a saint of God. It will take the most party animal that they can't shut you down at the party, and it'll turn you into the most joyous person, uh, amen, where every day of your life is a party. Uh, the difference is you don't need to drink to have a party. Uh, the only difference is you, it'll take somebody uh, that's the most addicted uh, to any substance uh, and so deliver them uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost uh, that they don't even think about going back to it. Uh, amen, our world's got a 12-step program. I thank God for a 12-step program. Uh, but Pentecost has got a one-step program. Uh, it's called out of darkness into light it's called I once was lost but now I'm found it's called you came down to this altar you didn't know how you were going to get out of it you lifted your hands God filled you and you're never the same and you're never the same somebody give him praise in fact let's stand across the building and lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord Come on. Come on, when Pentecost arrives in your life, when you get the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden depression goes away. Suicide thoughts go away. When you come to Jesus, amen, you start getting filled with hope. You start getting filled with peace. You start getting filled with love and life. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. 
Come on, there's somebody that you walked in this building and you got a lot of baggage, but I've come to let you know that if you will lay this baggage down at the altar, God will fill you with his spirit and he'll change your life forever. Oh, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. I need some folks to pray until the Spirit of God fills this room. I need somebody to pray until the fire begins to fall. I need somebody to pray until depression starts to leave the minds of people, until, until all of the mess that they've been going through, until addiction begins to leave. I need somebody to pray, amen, until all of those thoughts begin to fade away. Ooh, let's pray. Come on, I feel it. I feel it all across this building. You might be visiting, and you think this is a little different. You're right. It is a little different, uh, but this will change your life. You're right. It is a little different, but this will change your eternity. Uh, you're right, uh, but it will make a difference in your life forever. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on, let's pray all across this house. The Holy Ghost is in this building. Come on. The same spirit that filled them on the day of Pentecost is here in this building, uh, and it is moving. And if you want the Holy Ghost, you can have it. Lives are forever changed when Pentecost arrives. Whew. I got a question for everybody in this building. You might say, well, preacher, I, I, I've gone to church before. Man, I was raised up in a church somewhere. That's awesome. Praise God. Thank God for that. But Paul asked, there were some folks in Acts chapter 19. He met some people. The Bible says he found certain disciples. These were people that were believers. These were churchgoers. And he asked them a question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, well man, Pastor, I, 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 I'm a believer. Thank God for that. Belief is the first step. But Pentecost asked a question. Have you become a receiver? Religion says, come learn. And I thank God for learning. And come believe. But relationship says, come learn, come believe, but don't stop there. You gotta have an experience and you gotta receive as well. You can't just observe the Holy Ghost. There's no way to grasp the Holy Ghost. We can't mentally or intellectually explain it. The only way, the only way to know the Holy Ghost right is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, let's do some training because we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to have an altar call. I'm not, I'm not nervous, neither should you be. Here in a moment, I'm going to invite everybody to come down to this front, and we're going to pray. But I want to explain to somebody what's going to happen. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to obey the Bible. The Bible says we've got to start by repentance. Everyone in this building, we're going to repent. From me all the way down because everybody's got something, right? Can we be real for a moment? Everybody's got something they can say, man, I'm not doing this right. 
There's some other folks that maybe you're not doing what is right. One is I've done something wrong, and the other one says I knew something that was right, but I didn't do it. We've all got something to repent of. The first thing we're going to do in this altar is we're going to repent. We're going to ask God to forgive us. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to lift our hands and we're going to begin to worship the Lord and thank Him for forgiving us of all of our sins. And in the middle of thanking God, if you have never received the Holy Ghost, you are going to feel something. Other folks, if you got the Holy Ghost, I want you to pray until the Holy Ghost flows out of you. But there's some folks, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, you're going to feel the Spirit of God moving. And you're going to start, the Bible says, with stammering lips and another tongue. God's going to move. Rivers of living water in your belly. What does that look like? That looks like the Spirit of God starts to want to flow through you. And you are, you're going to start feeling something. I want to encourage you to just let it flow out of you. And if all of a sudden you go from speaking English or your native tongue to speaking another language, I want you to just keep giving God praise. Amen? Let's stand all across the building. I believe tonight, today, you are going to get an encounter for yourself. If you want to encounter God, I want you to come down to this front. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, in fact, I want everybody that can come, I want you to come down to the front. Come on. Come on, everybody come down to the front. Don't worry about nobody. We're, we're focusing on Jesus, not focusing on you. Amen. We won't embarrass anybody for anything in the world. I want you to come down. We're going to pray. Every eye closed, every head bowed, we're going to begin to repent according to the Word of God, and we're going to have an experience of Pentecost in this church, and if you want it, you can have it. You can be in the very back, and you can still get it. I want you to pray, God, Father, we ask you right now to forgive me of anything that I've thought, anything that I've said, anything that I've done. God, you know my thoughts. You know my heart. You know, I'm, I'm not always doing right. Everybody sins, the Bible says. And God, I'm asking you to forgive me. Maybe you've got an addiction in your life. I want you to bring that before God right now and say, God, would you forgive me of that? Would you help deliver me of that? Maybe so there's some things in your life you're not proud of. I want you to take that before God and say, God, you know my past better than anybody else. Would you forgive me? I want to tell you there's people repenting right now. If you repent, God's hearing everything you repent. If you're saying, God, forgive me, God's hearing everything that's happening right now. Amen. And now I want you to lift up your hands if you've repented and just begin to tell God hallelujah. That means the highest praise. Begin to tell God I love you. Thank you for forgiving me. Begin to praise God. And as people begin to pray, I need some saints of God to find some of our visitors that want the Holy Ghost. And I want you to pray with them. You might find somebody come alongside you and lay their hand on your shoulder. They're just going to pray with you. You might find somebody, amen, that wants to pray with you. You just Ask them, uh, amen, to pray with you. Uh, you just let them pray with you until the Spirit of God flows. one accord in your presence, here we are. Come on, Shake this Thank you, Jesus. ground with Thank the you, Jesus. wind of God. We cry out, Come on. let your Jay. 
Lift up your hands. The Spirit of God's moving in this building. If you have a need in your life, I want you to pray about it right now. If you need healing in your body, in the last month, we've, we've seen at least four people healed of miraculous healing. So I want you to pray right now. The Spirit of God, as He moves, is going to start healing and start the living.
before the Lord. We invite you to come. If you have need of anything, you need God to touch your mind, He can do it right now. You need God to deliver you of an addiction, He can do it right now. You need God to heal some brokenness in your heart, He can do it right now. I've experienced it. Other people have experienced it. Whatever you need of God, He can do it right now. I said the Holy Ghost is still moving. Pentecost is still moving. Somebody keep praying until the Lord finishes what he's doing. Come on, pray.